Blog Talk Radio. Now time for the incredible, the inimitable David Bowers Awards with your host, with your host, the David Bowers, and we've got a very <laughs> special show for you today. Don't hey, it's not your cue. You can't laugh at me yet. You laugh at me all week long. This is my moment. So shut the hell up and let me do my thing here. <laughs> <laughs> we've got uh, we got a pretty damn good show for you today. Uh, we are absolutely honored to have with us our very good friends Howard and David, otherwise known as the Bellamy Brothers. We've got Sharon Bautista. Uh, we've got the Texas rocker Mustard, and uh, a breaking neo soul artist Chris Starr, as well as uh, our engineer extraordinaire Nick Rogers and our entire crew here at the Asylum. And me, I am from time to time. John Bon Jovial, and now, here's your cue, Dave. Here is the voice of indie music, the David Bowers. Well, thank you very much, our beloved host. <laughs> I guess that's a house host, all in one word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you, you John know, Bon Jovial. Hey, I'm, doing my, I'm doing my New Zealand thing. What can I say? Okay, well, you've had your moment now, so I can laugh at you anytime. You told me so but, in front of all our millions of listeners, so... Be prepared. Nick the Geek and Nick the Creek. (laughs) Nick the Geek, welcome aboard. Glad to have you on with us. And, uh, of course, hello and thanks to all our listeners out there in... uh, in the internet world, in the, what is it, Twitterville, or whatever it is. <laughs> We've got a really hot show today, only half because the air conditioner isn't working, and uh, we are so glad to have you with us here. We've got a great show lined up, as John Bon Jovial just told you. Thanks also to Titty Bingo from the great state of Texas, our house band who provides us with our theme song, and we're going to have them back here in the not-too-far-distant future with uh, some new music they are presently working on in the studio. Remember, this is the show where you and our guests pick the awards. There's no nominations, no naming panels, no phony voting or anything like that, just simple awards. Somebody does or says something good or stupid, they get an award. Simple as that. So if you've got someone or something you think deserves an award, write me, david at thedavidbowers.com, put awards in the subject line, and tell me who you think deserves an award and why, and maybe we'll use it here on the show. You never know. Right now, uh, we're getting ready because we have our first The David Bowers Awards of the Day. And our first David Bowers Award goes to another previous guest, Mr. Eden Everly, who actually just got remarried in the great city of Las Vegas to his lovely bride, Carrie, and we are so happy for them. This is their second time to each other. They got remarried yesterday in Las Vegas, and 
it's unfortunate we couldn't be in Vegas because we would have loved to have been there for the ceremony and, of course, to mooch at the, uh, at the bar afterwards, the reception. Of course, that's the best part, right? <laughs> you know, they may very well have timed it so we weren't there. Did you ever think about that? That's an entirely, uh, it's an entirely distinct possibility. That may be why they did it yesterday, so we couldn't give out the information on the air and have everybody in Las Vegas show up for their wedding. <laughs> Congratulations, Eden and Carrie. We're so happy for you, and we look We're forward very, to We're very, very happy with you guys. We look forward to having you back on the show again real soon. Remember, if you get someone or something you think deserves an award for whatever reason, email david at thedavidbowers.com, put awards in the subject line, and send her off to us. John Bon Jovial. Yes, sir. I, David, I, I, I want to remind our listeners not to forget to order uh, their official David Bowers Awards T-shirts. These are the only official T-shirts of the David Bowers Awards. All the others are knockoffs, and we're aware of them. Uh, and they are only available on our website at thedavidbowers.com. Uh, we keep the price down by taking no profit from them. They're strictly for our fans and followers. They're high-quality tees in black or white, ladies' or men's sizes. Order now. They're only $14.30. Order now from www.thedavidbowers.com, and that is spelled B-O-W-E-R-S. Coming up on the David Bowers Awards, the Bellamy Brothers are going to sing about boobs. That's right, all <laughs> God's favorites. And uh, Texas Girls. And I, uh, and I wonder if there's any kind of a tie in there with boobs and Texas Girls. <laughs> we meet we'll Sassy Songs. Yeah, I guess so. We meet sassy songstress Sharon Batista, and uh, <laughs> this is an interesting one. Uh, a Snoop Dogg project with artist Chris Starr. And, but first, we want to get to the great state of Texas for mustard. And that we do, as soon as you get your tongue out of your eye tooth so you can see what you're saying there. <laughs> bad, bad, bad. Before we do, one quick mention I want to add while we're talking T-shirts. Mr. Wild Cherry himself, Rob Parisi, has got some great ones for his Hoodstock Festival. If you've been following along, Rob Parisi of Wild Cherry and Play That Funky Music fame has started a music scholarship fund back in his hometown of Mingo Junction, Ohio, and... Uh, out of honor to me, he's holding a special event on my birthday, August 10th. He is having a big gala uh, fundraising special in Mingo Junction, and all but two tickets to it are sold out. He is auctioning off the remaining two tickets online. Check online with Rob Parisi to find out about it. But speaking of T-shirts, they even have T-shirts. Did you know this, John? They have T-shirts for dogs. No way. Yes. They have T-shirts for dogs. I talked to Rob this morning, and the T-shirts, uh, the T-shirt stencil is ready. They expect to have these shirts physically uh, probably tomorrow. So uh, again, if you're interested, check with Rob Parisi, P-A-R-I-S-S-I, on Facebook. He'll get back to you. I promise. He's a great guy, and best of luck to you, Rob. God bless you for all you do. Right now, we're going to turn it over to the man from Texas, known as Mustard.
We have your attention. Now that we've got you awake and have your attention, welcome aboard, if you would, please, from the great state of Texas. Here he is, Mustard. Welcome aboard, Jack. Thanks, guys, and uh, thanks to everybody out there who just uh, heard an awesome song. Yeah, it's awesome to be here today. Hey, awesome to have you with us. And that was yeah, awesome we're glad to have you with us. We really are. It's called Heaven and Hell, and we're having a little bit of it here today because, as I mentioned, our air conditioning is out, so we've got the heaven of having some great people and great music here and the hell of working without air conditioning. So crank up the ceiling fans and let's get on with it. Jack, how long have you been making this music? Uh, we started writing uh, the, the music for the In the Dark uh, EP uh, in two, that late 2011, so... It, it, it was a, an evolution of uh, maybe two years, even getting to this point. So, yeah. Fantastic. Now, how many of you are there in the group? Um, I've been a solo artist uh, for, through the process, but uh, uh, I just just to throw a shout out, uh, my my bassist uh, Danny Rover has played all fifty plus professional shows over the last two years with me. So, uh, you know, the name is my namesake, but it's also uh, it's also his band too. He's put his time in. So, um, but the the band Mustard was was created after writing uh, four to four to five songs that we thought we could, you know, get in the studio and make, you know, take it to the next level. And Heaven and Hell uh, was one of those four. Okay, and we're gonna we're gonna play another track from that, which uh, happens to be one of my favorites of your music. A little thing called Darklit Bar. We'll play in just a few minutes, but. Uh, Jack, I've got some notes here. One of them says something about some music awards. Yeah, that's thanks for uh, mentioning that. You know, in we released the music in 2013 and uh, got contacted by the Artists and Music Awards. Um, so the the artist the, the 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 EP in the dark was nominated was one of Pop's uh, albums nominated for the Rock Album of the Year EP. So uh, there's a lot of good songs. It's a four song track we're about to release. Uh, a Mustard in the Light album that has 11 new songs on it. So hopefully we can come back and get you some of these uh, these new songs as well. Um, but the the four songs that were nominated, Heaven and Hell, uh, Dark Lit Bar, War, and uh, In Space Acoustic, um, you know, did make the final five cut for Independent Rock Album of the Year for this last year. Fantastic. And thank you for thinking of us for the album debut. We'd uh, love to be on board for that. Do you have any idea, a window, a time frame when that might be happening? We're looking at September, and I know you, you guys have a lot, of, uh, a lot of musicians and artists that are listening in that, you know, that work on mixing the music that, they, that they've created. And the challenge is finally coming to, uh, you know, terms with what the final product is. And so, um, you know, we're in that process of being in the studio uh, we, we get to go down to Austin here in a couple weeks and, and hopefully finalize the songs for the final time. But uh, there's no promises. We're looking at September to be uh, the release date. Fantastic. You be sure and stay in touch with us. We'd definitely be looking forward to being able to help you break your uh, your new release then. Now, you have, absolutely. You, you have a connection with our friends over at Audio Burger, too, do you not? Absolutely. I think, I, I think that's how we met, but... Uh, yeah, the song Heaven and Hell, for some reason, uh, I got a message from uh, Johnny uh, at AudioBurger. And he, these guys are the most amazing guys. They That London accent, the way he says mustard, it, it takes it to a different <laughs> level. And so he, 
he automatically he automatically had you know had our love from Texas. But uh, yeah, they they picked up a few of the songs. Uh, Heaven and Hell was the one that that he you know was playing and um, you know getting out. But he at, at some points even had had uh, had blogs you know opportunity for me to blog about other bands and just write different things on his home page. And um, you know obviously I'll I will forever be in debt to you know, getting started. There was a, 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 and this may be true even today, that we have more fans uh, in London than we do in our hometown. And so, uh, you know, for that, um, you know, I'll never, never, for, you know, forget, you know, his kindness and, you know, just giving the song a chance. So. Well, you're absolutely right. That I, I'm glad you remembered. Uh, that was exactly how we met. We did, uh, John Bon Jovial and I uh, were interviewed by uh, Johnny there uh, a few months back. And uh, what a great thing it was. You're right. Uh, great guy. Uh, great show. And I love the fact that they introduce a lot of new independent artists. You, you hear some really wild stuff for the listeners out there that haven't discovered them. Uh, check them out. Audio Burger Radio. And... Uh, Say hello oh, to Johnny. The, boy, the there, boys please. in Britain, yeah. The boys in London, yeah. We had a great yeah. time with them, and uh, we've heard some great music. And that was how we uh, got to. Uh, that's how we got to meet uh, Mustard, uh, Jack Mustard here. And uh, we want to thank you guys over there, and all our listeners in England. We've got a uh, we've got a pretty dedicated following over there in the UK, and uh, we're proud of each and every one of you. Glad to have you on board. What's in the immediate future besides the uh, the new recording? Have you got some touring planned, Jack? You know, this is this is the thing. We as far as being in this, this studio work has has taken, it, this two-year process has taken a toll. What we're going to do is get the album finalized and then get the music out and see where we're, we're going to go. But I, I like the concept of the, 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 new, the, the, the new wave. It's not a, a six-month process to, to go out of town and tour these smaller tours where you can hit some of the towns and some of the places that really want to hear, especially live rock music. Live rock music. Uh, you know, that's the one thing about being in, in Amarillo we're really close to Denver. We're really close to Albuquerque. We're really close to Dallas, Austin. So some of those places we're looking, uh, you know, at least to finalize the album so we can promote the music uh, that we've been working on. Great. John Bon Jovial, I know you have a question. Well, yeah, i got a couple of questions, <laughs> Jack, actually. Um, you know, I, I want to know, uh, you know, what is the uh, – what was your muse, if you will, or your, the inspiration for the for the music that uh, that you uh, guys write and put together? And and also, uh, let us know a little bit about the music scene that's going on in Amarillo. Well, I think, uh, man, one of the really neat concepts of live music is that I think in in all towns it's becoming it's becoming popular. Uh, bars and venues are starting to realize if you you know get bands that are you know, that will play and bring people in. That's an asset, and it, it's an asset to also pay those bands well so the bands can come back and do a good job. Uh, and so I don't think that's just happening in Amarillo, but I think it's happening uh, everywhere. And so um, the best thing that you can do for those that are out there that, to support independent music, go watch live bands. Go watch live bands play. You will eventually find a band in your hometown that you really, really like. And so um, that's, that's, my, that's my take on, on the scene. Um, as far as my, the muse, I, the the song uh, Heaven and Hell um, was written a little bit about. Uh, I got talked into watching Twilight movies, and but it was it was it was one, two, three, four, <laughs> one after another one, you know. And so, but the concept of, of glorifying that 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 afterlife in which, well, you don't really go to heaven and you don't really go to hell, 
you know, you have no feeling. You're still alive, but you have no sense of really being a human. You know, that always intrigued me because it seemed like before, you know, the, the Dracula types were the, the evil types that came out in the night, not someone that had these romantic relationships with other humans. And so the heaven and hell, the, you know, the question, you know, you know, this time you're stuck between heaven and hell. You know, it's given someone, um, you know, it's Dracula kind of feeling the mortality of, you know, his past lives and maybe finding a little passion in the woman he's probably fixing to take into purgatory. You know, he, he, he kind of, in his back of his mind, thinks for two seconds, and he gives this woman the option um, to choose, obviously, eternal purgatory or immediate death. Um, and so, anyway, that's as deep and weird as it is. That's uh, that's a very good explanation. <laughs> a hell, hell of a choice you have to make. <laughs> yeah, and so um, anyway, so I'm glad you I brought up to, the point. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say I need to get heaven and hell to uh, the lady who uh, or whoever whoever makes those movies, so they can put it on the next one because it's there definitely applicable, man. Because they, you know. It just seems like before, uh, you know, creatures that go bump in the night don't end up having romantic relationships with, with humans. And, and so, anyway, I like that concept. Uh, War was written about a soldier that I know um, that I went to high school with and ended up seeing him at a funeral and, uh, you know, just talking to him. And, you know, I, I'm not a political man. I'm a very spiritual man. It, this was not about um, – this isn't about uh, the people who push the buttons because – a lot of times the people who push buttons aren't on the front lines. This is about the soldier in the yeah, trenches. This, yeah. is about, this is about someone putting boots on and crawling up mountains with 100 pounds on his back. I, ju- I was just enamored with this guy's um, disposition, the way he held himself. And so Call of Duty War was written about uh, this guy. Okay. okay. And uh, then uh, <laughs> Dark Lip Bar was uh, – Dark Lip Bar was written about uh, experiences uh, when I was in school in Dallas, uh, and so I, it's hard. It, 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 although it's a seedy song, it's really and truly just about the interaction. When you walk into a place and you, you know, you're looking around and you know you make eye contact with someone, what really goes on in your mind? What's the concept of meeting someone in a dark lit bar and just how? How the movement flows, uh, you know. The well, just the name flows. of the, yeah, just the name of the song itself is intriguing because it could almost be an anthem for anybody that is in a situation where they find themselves in a dark lit bar. Okay, what am I doing here, and how am I going to address this situation? And I, I like that. That, that's, that. that that is probably one of the better song titles that I've seen in a long time. And I'm glad Man, you th- went into an explanation. You. I'm glad you went into <laughs> well, an explanation of that, Jack. Cause, <laughs> was my next question as a matter of fact because we're getting ready to play that and uh, I want, I'm glad you uh, spoke up. I'm also glad that you mentioned what you did about supporting live music because we've discussed this in the past and really there are two things that I feel about supporting live music. You see all these promotions online telling you to get out and support live music and everything. There are really two factors that I see in that and this is personal opinion. I see one the listeners, the fans, they want to support live music. The best way to do it is get out of your house, get off your computer, go out and see the live music. See these live local acts when they're playing in your area. And to the artists, I say this. If you want people to come to your shows and see you, 
You can do your promotion, and that's all well and good. You should. You should work to promote yourself and your shows. But the key is give the fans a reason to come out and see you. You don't just get up there and mechanically go through your music. It's called a show for a reason. Put on a show. You give them a reason to come and see you, and they will come and see you. I think those are the two basic factors right there. I completely agree. Yes. Jack, I want to thank you so much for coming and joining us today. And we'll, we'll look, definitely look forward to you. Keep in touch. We'll look forward to having you back with your new release sometime this fall. Absolutely, sir. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. Paul, oh, thank you. Thank, thanks for being with us, Jack. We really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, Jack Mustard. And here's some more Mustard music. This is Dark Lit Bar. I see your face walking in this place It makes me want to know How it feels to take off your heels When we're all alone Your eyes roam while you're on the phone What's on your mind? A simple smile, stay a while
definitely a unique sound and one that you don't forget right away. That's Dark Lit Bar by the artist known as Mustard. Bring your own hot dog. Right here on the David Bowers Awards, where next we have another discovery in our indie artist search. Remember, if you're an artist, uh, a solo artist, a band, whatever, or if you know someone you think is deserving of a shot, you want a shot on our show to play your music for the world, all you have to do is send your EPK to david at thedavidbowers.com. Our panel will review them, and we'll select future guests from those entries. I can promise you that they will, it will happen. Don't, don't think that we're not going to listen to them. We listen to every single one. So here's your chance. Get in, introduced to our worldwide audience. Have your music heard around the world. And for our next talent, we head to the hills. That's the Hollywood Hills. And Sharon Batista, who's a talent I've been following now for, I don't know, three, four years. She finally got an EP released, and uh, we're going to play some music from it, beginning right now with what is known as Letter to Garcia. Garcia from the lovely Sharon Batista, who is on the line with us. Come on in, Sharon. Hello. 
Hi, how are you today? Doing just fine. How are you? <laughs> awesome, awesome. It's 11.30. I should be awake, right? <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, that depends. If you were up all night putting the finishing touches on your new CD, that would be another thing. We'd understand that. Exactly. That's one, one nice thing about the entertainment industry. Clocks are only good for timing things, like we have to time to make sure we get our show in on time. You don't pay much attention to them beyond that. You could be up all night or all day. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we're, just glad that you, we're just glad that you managed to stay awake so you could come on the show with us. Oh, yeah, for sure. This is fun. You have, had, you have had quite a road to travel. I know I've been talking with you online and following you for, gosh, I think it's, what, three, four years now since we first talked? And, uh, yeah. And you've had quite a road to get, your, uh, to get your CD done. You have finally done it. I know you have, you have really worked around the clock uh, getting this done because you work, uh, what, a couple of different jobs. I know you're a caregiver. And uh, yeah. you're, you're, tell, us, tell us what you do in addition to your music. We all know that you're a talented singer-musician now. We've heard your song, one of them, and we'll be playing another one in a few minutes. But tell us about what you have done to, you know, to build the dream that it wasn't an overnight success, but you really had to work to get there. <laughs> yeah, I, I work kind of a stressful job uh, to get there, and I've uh, made that a little different in recent days. I, I'm an RN for a long time, and uh, I used to work in open-heart surgery, ICU, and in the operating room and do hardcore stuff. And I have, because of my music, I wanted to really change my nursing life around. It does pay for production and all that stuff, you know. It's a pretty decent job, but it's uh, something that leaves you a little tired at the end of the day for your creations, you know. So it's a a balancing act, something I've been trying to balance out, and I'm finally doing successfully. Uh, Now I teach nurses how to pass the state board, and um, I also instruct in advanced cardiac life support and pediatric advanced life support, uh, I, not, uh, not for regular citizens, but for medical personnel. I train them. So I, I have teaching jobs that leave me a lot of energy at the end of the day, and then I can go in and write a song or play guitar and, and have some energy left for that. <laughs> yeah, it definitely, definitely keeps you running, and I, I just flashed on this. Now, I should have contacted you back when I had my heart surgery, and you could have been my nurse. Oh, no. Yeah, I had, oh, I, I, had that, uh, I had that wonderful cabbage done. It was a triple bypass. Uh, let's see, it was uh, three years ago. Three years ago, uh, March, I believe it was, uh, somewhere. Oh, well, I know obviously, I, obviously it worked. Yeah, apparently I'm still here. My mouth is still running, you know, and uh, people are getting tired of listening to me as always. So I guess I guess everything Never. works. Let me ask you this, and we missed, we forgot to ask uh, Jack Mustard this, but this is an award show, as you know, and everybody gets an award. So I was wondering, do you have an award you would like to give to someone or something? Oh, I give an award to someone? You can if you know. You don't have to, but we do it. It's kind of an icebreaker. It's a talking point. And since there are so many award shows around, we decided our show, every show would be an award show, and we let our guests pick anyone or you know something or someone that they think is deserving because they're really great or they did something really stupid or you know if you want to you know if you want to oh. abuse somebody on, on if you want to tell somebody is an idiot they're well, on on the air or if you want to compliment well, somebody. My- no, no, my my uh, my friend David Polstra, he's on my Facebook page uh, in my friend list. He has been the largest donor 
and helped me. He's a fellow nurse, and he's been my largest donor. He just sporadically throughout the years has given me hundreds of dollars towards record production. Um, I didn't even think he was around, and all of a sudden I would get a donation from him. He's been watching from the background and he's been very supportive to me. So, And he can't make it to my CD release, so it's really nice I can mention him right now. <laughs> Fantastic. What was his name again? It's David, and the last name is P-O-L-S-T-R-A. David Polestra. Polestra. P-O-L-S-T-R-A. I'm sorry, I added an extra letter in there. Well, It's okay. Sounds like a wonderful friend to have. All I can add to that is that's supposed to there you go. Uh David Colestra and big thanks from Sharon Bautista. (laughs) That is great. That's a, a great story. Now tell us about your new uh, your new CD, you have a release party coming up, and that's going to be at your home, I believe. Yes, I've hosted other artists here for house concerts, and they've been very successful. I have great artists come to the house, and it's been about a year since I did one for other people, and now it's my turn. And, I, I you know, it's just really convenient to have it in my own home. Um, it's a very cozy, warm venue to have it in, and... Um, I picked a, a wonderful band to help me out, and we're actually, I'm rehearsing with the guitarist after we hang up, and then I uh, have three more rehearsals till we go. Um, it's in L.A., but we're going to uh, live stream it over the Internet, because I have a lot of people back east where I'm from, in New York, that would like to listen in. So, uh, yeah, very excited. You've just added a few more, because I know uh, John, Nick, and I will be listening, and uh We've got a bunch awesome. of listeners out there that will probably want to hear it, too. Give us the, uh, give us the time and date so everybody knows. July 20- Saturday, July 26th at 8 p.m. Um, that is two weeks from yesterday, two weeks from right. last night. So it's coming up pretty quick. Okay. And where do <laughs> they find this online? Um, there is a Facebook invite, but um, it's also on my website page, web page under scheduling tab so sharonbatista.com forward slash schedule okay and that's right Batista B is in boy A-U-T-I-S-T-A for anybody that's uh, you know like me learning impaired or something uh, <laughs> she's on Facebook and I know I have seen uh, the pictures of your home that you have posted it is lovely I would love to be able to be there. Lord knows how much I miss uh, Southern California. I spent a big chunk of my life out there, and I think uh, I think I left my heart in Southern California, if it's okay to paraphrase. And uh, I would love to be able to be there in person. I'd bring a bottle of uh, Trader Joe's wine with me and uh, kick back and listen to your music. Oh, I know. You know, I've actually brought that to the studio while I was recording, and uh, Kevin Fisher, my producer, and I have actually had sips of Trader Joe's wine while we're recording that. <laughs> John Bon Jovial, John, why don't you uh, why don't you get a hold of Trader Joe's advertising agency? We're giving them a lot of free plugs. Uh, here. Uh, yeah, I think we need a couple of cases of wine here. <laughs> I know, right? And you know, but 
the problem is it used to be two buck chuck, and I think two buck chuck is no longer. Like they've raised the prices. <laughs> oh, I well, know. It's like everything. <laughs> uh, hopefully, two buck chuck isn't anything like Mad Dog Twenty Twenty because I can remember having many headaches the next day after that. <laughs> yeah, there were a couple others, but I think we've given an, I think we've given away enough free plugs, so I won't mention them by name. But uh, you know who they are. John, did you have a question for Sharon? Yeah. Uh, not more of an observation than anything else, Sharon. And I was listening to your music, and I mean, you and 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 I I know you probably hear this all the time, but you've got such a richness and fullness to your voice. And I just uh, I'm not going to offer a critique. I'm not going to you know say anything like that, other than the fact that I just you know I listen to you, and I found myself not concentrating on anything else but actually listening to your voice and. Uh, Huh. That that does not affect me too often. Uh, you you you've just got a beautiful voice, and and I just want you to know that. Oh, thank you so much. Wow, that's all New York, baby. It's because I'm from New York. <laughs> just kidding. Oh, okay. no, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got to ask a question. Yankee fan or a Met fan? <laughs> um. Okay. This is very, very complicated. Half my fa- family is Yankees, half of them are Mets. I don't pay attention to baseball. Is that embarrassing? But when I no, did, no, you're, that, that's no, okay. That sounds like the smart thing to do. <laughs> no, no, you know what? I, let, let me be honest. Way back in the day when Daryl Strawberry played for the Mets and I was in high school, we won't age me, um, that was the Mets were definitely, I mean, every time I went to a Met game, the guy would hit a home run. It was awesome. I was I was at, uh, totally into the Mets, and they won the series in 86. I was at the ticker tape parade. So, yeah, don't, I guess. Don't, please, I'm a Red Sox fan. Don't remind me of that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry, my friend. Oh, that was, oh, man. Put mouse syndrome going on right now. <laughs> Well, it's 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 been an absolute joy and a pleasure to have you on the show uh, on the show today, Sharon. It really has. This was great fun. Are you going to play another one of my songs? If you run out of time. Oh no 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 no! We're going to we're going to play. I told you that's uh, my personal favorite is Trader Joe's wine. We're going to play that in just a couple of moments Woo-hoo! here. But I wanted to check with you and see after all this excitement of working. <clears throat> pardon me, I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> no applause, please. After all this excitement of working so hard to get here to this point and finally getting there, I mean, here you are with a home in the Hollywood Hills. You've got your first, e- uh, your first CD is ready to go out in the mail, and you're scheduling your, uh, your uh, release party. What's in the future? What, do you got look at? what are you looking at down the road? Well, very exciting for me, since, you know, I am a nurse and I work three jobs, is uh, cutting back on my work schedule a little bit and getting out and playing shows, getting out and playing with a full band, getting out playing shows. That's exciting for me. I don't, I don't gig. I, you know, I record and I write and I work. So um, I'm going to be changing that this year, you know. Are you going to be able to go out on tour? <laughs> Money's needed for tours, so, yeah, with yes, a is. lot of work in between. Yeah, you know, it's just a balancing act, David, it's, and it, I'm very interested in working all that out. It's kind of fun for me, the process, you know, looking at everything, balancing it out and making, you know, my dream come true, which is just to be on stage more often before this year is over and then to just continue writing and making records. I really love the songwriting process, so 
Well, that yeah. is so beautiful that you that you look at it as as thrilling and fun, uh, and that it's it, that it's not tedious or work for you. Because if you enjoy it, you know who has it. Somebody once said, you know, if you if you do what you enjoy, you will never work a day in your life. And it, it's just so great to hear you say that. Because another recurring theme that we hear from artists all the time on the show here is that uh, they don't do it for the money. They do it because they enjoy what they're doing, and they're just blessed the fact that they can make a living doing it. And uh, I think what you just said shows that you have that in you, too, that you enjoy it. And uh, that not only to me means that you'll go so much further, uh, you'll go so much longer, too, because you look at the people that enjoy their music, and they are the artists that are around forever. The uh, well, the Oaks are an excellent example. You know, look how long the Oaks have been with us, and they're still doing it. And a lot of the other artists too, like well, like our guests coming up a little later, the Bellamy Brothers. They're getting ready to celebrate their 40th year. So, I think that's Very wonderful. Cool. I think it's wonderful that you enjoy it, and you look forward to it. And we look forward to much more exciting news from you in the future. I do hope you do get to tour. Because that's that's a big part of it. Playing, and I, I've told artists that ask me, you know, what do I have to do? The best thing you can do is play for people anywhere, anytime you can. Because one, it gets you out there, gets exposure to your talent and your music, but it also builds you a following. That's that's where your followers come from. And, uh, you know, the, the ones that follow you on Facebook and Twitter, it's all a good thing. But... The fans who come out and see you in person, there's a connection there, and that connection will never be broken. That's, so that's really true, and one thing I did want to tell you about is that I really have no presence on YouTube yet, and that's going to change also in the next couple of months, because, you know, YouTube is fun. People like to see moving video and, and live music that way, so, you know, that'll be changing. My songs will be up on there, and we're, we're trying to get creative with it on a budget. <laughs> Great, fantastic. So, uh, you, saved, yeah. you saved me uh, my next question. I don't have to ask you if you're going to be on YouTube. That's great. Sharon, well, what, is your website for, what is your website it for is, our listeners? It's SharonBatista.com, and the tabs are clearly on top for a music schedule, you know, this and that. Um, I hope it's well done. Van Zugel hosts it, and they're pretty cool. They make it idiot-proof for people who aren't techies. So, uh, yeah, that's a good I think thing I've, because there's yeah. a lot of us out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I've, I've made a pretty decent website, you know, for someone that. <laughs> you have. You've done so. an excellent job. I've been there, and uh, <laughs> you've done an excellent job. You're also on Facebook, and uh, fans can find you there. And obviously, you're going to be in even more places. And we did get to hear, uh, we got to hear your uh, letter to Garcia, and now. Upon thanking you so much for being with us, and please do come back and see, talk with us again sometime. Love to hear more from you. Thank you so oh, much. No, thank you so thank much, you, David, for having me on. Bye-bye. Thank you. Our pleasure. Best of luck to you, ladies and gentlemen. Sharon Batista, and this is from her new, EP, or her new CD, which is going to be released in just a couple of weeks. It's called Trader Joe's Wine. But 
Bautista, Trader Joe's Wine, right here on the David Bowers Awards. Thank you so much, Sharon. John Bon, John bon Jovial, where are we? What are we doing? Well, i got to tell you, I like that. Uh, meet me up in the canyon at, uh, at uh, Trader Joe's Wine. That's a great line. That lady's got a lot of talent, i got to tell you, David. She's got a and you know lot that of talent. I know you know as well as I that we sit here and we, you know, we listen to all these artists before we have them on the show, then we have them on the show and we listen some more, and you can't help but, uh, you know, you don't play favorites, but you can't help but have your favorite songs, and again, this... uh, 
this song of hers was was my favorite of the uh, of the ones oh, yeah. we played today. Now I won't talk about the rest of the uh, CD because I don't want to prejudge. I don't want to get you know give our listeners any ups or downs. But I, I like this song. This is a good one. Yeah, it really is. And I think, you know, it's representative of the album, too. It, it really is. Everything that I've heard on there, I didn't hear anything that I disliked. And uh, I, I think she's hopefully on her way. And I can give up the other uh, work and concentrate solely on her music and, you know, live comfortably, richly, and famously and, and keep us in her thoughts. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I want to take care of a little bit of business before we uh, get to our next guest on Rockstar 101, which is Mr. Larry Paregis. Larry's been with us a number of times and uh, just a, a really uh, cool guy. Uh, but I want to remind you uh, from the Shameless Commerce Division of the David Bowers Awards to uh, remember to go to thedavidbowers.com and uh, look into getting one of our T-shirts. They're really pretty neat. They, they really, they've got a great design on them. They're high quality. They're comfortable. They breed so you can wear them in the summertime and not <laughs> sweat like a pig. Uh, uh, they really they breed. Yeah, well... <laughs> All depends on who's wearing them, I suppose. Uh, but uh, on, on a more serious note, uh, you know, just uh, the, the world of the Internet, unfortunately, has become a very dangerous place, and there's a lot of dedicated hackers out there, and their sole aim is to screw up your computer, your, your uh, tablet, your telephone, uh, your smartphone, and if you're not careful and maintain a high level of passwords and security, uh, and remain constantly vigilant, then that can lead to some real major problems. And you can uh, get hacked or worse, uh, get you know, what is referred to as ransomware, where somebody locks your computer and demands money from you to free it up. And uh, what we want to let you know is that you should never, ever, ever have to pay that money because there are some people that can help you out, and those people are the good folks at Computer Help. USA in Naples, Florida, and no matter where you are in the country, they can work with you through remote desk access, and uh, they're very good at their craft and what they do, and are kind enough to let us use their studios here in Naples, Florida. So uh, give Computer Help USA a call. Their phone number is area code 239-596-6112. Again, that's 239-596-6112. And be sure to visit them on their website, which is www.comphelpusa.com. All right, David, go ahead, take it away, and let's get our next guest in, uh, guest in the door here. Well, I thank you very much, John Bon Jovial, and we're going to do that right now for Rockstar 101. We welcome back a good friend and industry expert who has, in fact, been with us several times. We're glad to have him back. Mr. Larry Perigas of Nine North Records, and he's going to be talking to us about the uh, YouTube indie label feud that's been going on, some of the things that YouTube is doing and why, and what artists need to know. Welcome aboard, Larry Perigas. Good Sunday afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Doing just fine. How about yourself? Doing great. Thanks for asking. Uh, glad and glad to have you on when we don't have to interrupt your Sunday afternoon football. Uh, now, we may lose a few people in the next 10, 15 minutes when the World Cup game starts. It seems like we're always going up against something, but uh, fortunately, we'll be on podcast. They can listen to the rest of it later, but uh, right now, we're just glad to have you with us and uh, very interested to hear about this, uh, about this YouTube situation vis-a-vis -vis the indie artists. 
Well, before we address that, I do have to ask you one question. It's kind of important. Do do, do any of the David Bowers show shirts come in 3XLT? Because if they do, I'm going to run and buy one the second I hang up. Uh, You know, I don't think we have a 3XLT. However, we could give you a discount on two for the price of one. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I'll get them. I'll get them extra big and have my wife use them as night shirts. It'll it'll be awesome for me. There you go. <laughs> so 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 it's okay with you if your wife sleeps with David Bowers every night. Is that it? Wait. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's okay if she sleeps with the shirt. <laughs> ah, okay. Now we're qualifying it. Thank yes. you, Larry. You're getting me out of trouble here. <laughs> yes. So, so Google and YouTube, now we're talking about ransomware. Well, yeah, we do have. (laughs) Yeah, this is is interesting because, um, you know, recently, you know, Google had, with which owns YouTube, obviously, if if you don't know that, do know that. In, In definition of terms, YouTube no longer stands alone. Google has owned it for a little bit of time now. They postponed their plan to block uh, indie music companies who wouldn't agree to the terms of, of a proposed deal, but it isn't clear for how long they're going to block it. And essentially what it comes down to is this, just based upon the, the reading that I've been doing, and I know, David, you've been doing the same and very helpful in forwarding me uh, articles for this segment. Uh, small uh, independent companies are, are refusing to sign deals with Google, which has said it's going to block their music videos from YouTube, which is, by the way, a breach of the existing contracts that they have with a lot of these indie companies. They have contracts that say they won't block their videos for whatever reason, and now YouTube is a, or sorry, Google as a parent company is essentially saying if the new deal isn't signed for an as yet unannounced audio streaming service from YouTube, they will negate that contract and effectively block them from access not just from YouTube, but also from YouTube's new audio streaming service, which I guess would be like the, you know, uh, what's the best way to put it, the Spotify or, or Beats Music version of YouTube that is forthcoming. Are they, are they thinking of going up against uh, a service like Pandora? Uh, you know, it's that's an interesting question. Nobody knows the form it's going to take yet, um, but the problem, the problem it's having or they are having is that, especially in Europe, certainly the states, but especially in Europe, there are a tremendous amount of acts that remain indie-based in England, for example that aren't necessarily signed to majors there, but are signed to majors here in the U.S. So in the U.S., those acts would be covered. But in England, if they weren't affiliated with a major that had already agreed to terms, they could define themselves effectively being blocked from this service. I think they're looking to compete, frankly, more with the, the, the Beats and the Spotify kind of music-on-demand world as opposed to a Pandora, which, is a, which takes an educable form 
you know, to music. You you input an artist or a particular song you want to hear, and then you start to give it a series of thumbs up and thumbs down based upon uh, based upon that initial entry, and it starts figuring out what it is you want to hear, as opposed to a Pandora or a Beats, which will you can call a particular song up and have it played on demand. Uh, well, okay. Now, are are you thinking then that perhaps they're looking at um, the way Google will treat advertisers uh, and making their revenue as a from a, a pay per click type of situation? It, do you foresee that happening with some of that with uh, indie music if it's not uh, a major act of uh, forcing them to uh, have to pay Google for their exposure if somebody clicks to listen to on a song? Oh, wait a second, wait a second. We had a Did we uh, lose technical him? glitch. We lost the connection. Larry, are you there? Uh, I am. Can you hear me? Okay, good. Yes, we can hear you now. Did, Larry, did, 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 did you hear the question that I asked you about uh, you know, regarding pay-per-click? No, we lost him again. We seem to have lost the connection yeah, again. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure what's phone. going on. The call dropped. Well, if he's on a cell phone, that might explain it. Yeah, that could be, and that was a very good question, too. I, I hate to have you ask it again, but uh, it's important that you do. So, um. Yeah, well, Larry, if you can hear us, give it, try to call us back. Uh, we're, we're, we're really sorry about that. This is something that uh, – that, there, oh, there he is. There, there he is. is. Okay, go ahead and click on him, David. I got him on there. Larry, you there? Oh. Yeah, so sorry, yep. Vince. That was very that was very strange. I was full bars on my end, and the uh, and uh, we were cut off. But that's all right. I'm back. Um, did you, Larry, did, did you hear the question that I asked you about uh, the analogy of pay per click on advertisements uh, being germane to maybe the indie music world now on Google or YouTube? Oh, the the, the pay per clicks are, are absolutely are, are an absolutely critical form of uh, revenue now for a lot of these companies. They're getting Oh, paid. I understand. But do you, do you envision something like that happening to, um, uh, to these indie artists if they want to get expo- exposure on, uh, on uh, uh, Google or, more importantly, YouTube, which, of course, are all one and the same now, uh, that if they want to get their exposure, that they're going to have to pay to get their exposure? I'm not. I'm not as concerned about that as I am the clause in the deal that that everybody is finding quite objectionable, and I understand why they find it objectionable. Essentially, what is in this deal is sort of what I'd like to call a reverse uh, favored nations clause, and this is what I mean. Um, when here's a, here's a quick example. The, the older NBC show Friends, when that cast would negotiate, they would go in and negotiate as one entity. Right. So effectively, any raise anybody got, the whole cast got. And, and this is a reverse clause. So essentially, if uh, majors started making money from a different source of revenue and decided that they wanted to give small independent labels a headache or a heartache by accepting less money, from YouTube and Google on their terms, that would lower the rates for all signees, okay, not just the majors. In other words, the indies, <laughs> the indies would have to accept less revenue on a scalable version to them. 
So if, and I know you're saying, well, why in the world would anybody accept less revenue? Well, if they're making revenue elsewhere and they decide that they want to really do some damage to small independent labels and their form of cash flow, a quick way to do it would be to accept less money and damage those indies as a result by forcing them to accept less because of the deal that's signed. Right. I think, okay. that's, I, 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 think, I think that's definitely ransomware. Well, it, it certainly is, is, is another derivation of it. I understand completely what you're talking about. Uh, and so I, I guess that the revenue stream that Google is deriving off of, uh, uh, off of YouTube right now by you know, forcing commercials onto your favorite video uh, is either not enough or it's just a greed thing. Well, I, look, I think, that, I think that whenever a company buys a company, there's a tremendous amount of revenue involved in that. Google has very deep pockets, but Google wants to monetize uh, the purchase of YouTube as quickly as possible. And I think that you know, another way that they want to monetize it and another part of this deal that a lot of smaller labels uh, find absolutely objectionable is the lack of ability to sue Google or YouTube about anything related to the music after they sign the deal. Sure. Well, plus the fact that, you know, when you think about it, Google paid $1.65 billion for YouTube. Yeah, they've got to amortize that out. They've got to recover their investment. And when you're talking that sizable a sum of money, you know, in their mind's eye, they've got to do it sooner than later. And unfortunately, that's leaving the indie artists out, you know, out in the rain. Well, yeah, especially if you have an indie act that has a song that captures the public's fancy and you have uh, tens of dozens, if not hundreds or thousands of young kids to adults deciding to do cover versions of that particular right. song. That's, that's where it can really hurt your pocketbook as a, as a, as a, as a performer or a writer or a publisher. Uh, if if they sign this deal, I mean, I look. Uh, if I were advising a, a smaller company right now, especially in Europe, I would absolutely advise them not to sign this deal. I think it. Uh, I really find it to be uh, kind of obnoxious in how pernicious it is and the demands it makes. I don't think it's right, and I don't think it's fair. And I think that if you do have objections to it, I think in the U.S we've pretty much shown as, 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 as far as the music industry goes, we'll launch all kinds of complaints through, you know, the, the, the digital millennium rights act. But at the end of the day, the larger companies in the U S and even the larger Indies tend to roll over when it comes to this stuff, not so much in Europe. I think that you'll end up seeing a potential hell of a fight out of the EU and uh, and the body that oversees those smaller companies and negotiates for them, which is Merlin. Which, by the way, that's very interesting. YouTube and Google went directly to the labels as opposed to the proper route, which would be to talk to Merlin first and then have Merlin talk to each of those labels individually as, in terms of what they would accept. You so know, they're, going, they're, they're pretty much going to, you know, directly to the bank account and not the bank account's agent. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And, and the bank account's agent is there for a reason, especially, especially in Europe. They already have 
some favored nation status situations that they've already negotiated. They don't want to go back and renegotiate that stuff. They consider it done already. Uh, okay. Um, well, where do you see this? Where do you see this? Um, uh, you know, uh, how do you see this uh, unfolding in like the next two years? Well, well I mean, I, look, they're, they're, YouTube is absolutely going to go ahead with its streaming audio service. Uh, they will end up, uh, you know, negotiating out some kind of hammer deal with these independents, but I don't believe it's going to be under the terms that they're desiring. I mean, if you if you read or see the letter, and by the way, the, the letter is all you got to all you have to do is Google, believe it or not, Google uh, YouTube versus uh, Indies or YouTube versus independent record labels, and you will be able to find the actual letter that they sent to the different independent music companies, which was absolutely you know kind of denigrating. And, and obnoxious in its tone from the, from the outset. I don't know who thought this would be some sort of great move to try to negotiate with people. Right. Um, I mean, look, you can all, I mean, you're always going to get, you're always going to get commitment from the barrel of a gun. Okay. So eventually the Indies will accept some kind of terms and they'll end up back on Google worthy streaming services, but there may be a period of time where those songs are dark. And then those independent labels would, you know, probably make advertising efforts even on Google to uh, steer uh, listeners and people who'd like to consume that music to other streaming uh, setups where they have more favorable conditions. So okay. like Google and YouTube have to understand that, that that river does flow both ways. And as, as it is in, you know, most kinds of businesses today. Well, I pretty much dominated the questioning on this, Larry. I know that David wanted to get something in. David, are you there? Thank you very much. Larry, uh, one last question uh, to wrap this up now. In a nutshell, and I realize this might be a very large nutshell, but what does this mean to the indie artists and what do they need to do? Well, I mean, what, what it means for the moment for indie artists is, is business as usual. Whatever kind of agreements that, that they have with the company that is distributing them or handling their royalty situations with Google and YouTube, it's all status quo at the moment because independent labels have simply, most of them, not, not all of them, but many of them, have simply refused to sign a document and YouTube and Google, once this document was made public, which I don't know how they couldn't have thought this would happen, once this document went public, uh, they chose, you know, it was bad politics. They chose to step back uh, because they realized it looked like they were kind of, I mean, essentially screwing these companies. There's nothing essential about it. Right now, there's, there's nothing for an independent artist to do except what they normally do, which is record music and get it out there by any means possible. But even if uh, YouTube ends up being a problem for independence and the YouTube audio streaming service ends up being an issue for independence, the job will still record music and get it out there by any means possible. You'll just have to find some other means around a great big damn boulder in, in your pathway until uh, things get sorted out. And, and eventually everything does get sorted out. Or you know, the alternate happens, which is the YouTube audio streaming service fails, 
which is, you know, if you're this late in entry into the Derby, it's entirely possible. It's a distinct possibility, right, right. Yeah, well, I mean, but, but, but the job has always been get exposed. It's what I do for artists every day for a living, and that has not changed. You know, if, if, if a problem arises, you have to adjust your game and find another way and another place to get exposed. I know it sounds easier than it sounds. I can guarantee you that it's not. And we right. Puzzle, we, we puzzle about it every day, but it's what you have to do if you're going to expect any kind of success in this rapidly changing, and let's, and let's be honest about it, sort of indie and new artist unfriendly environment. Not, exactly, not good from, way to put it. Not from the consumer. Not from the consumer. God bless the consumer for embracing the new music that they embrace. But in terms of other roadblocks, other roadblocks placed in the way on purpose by larger entities and industries, um, it's it's definitely a challenging time. Not impossible, but challenging. Well, thank you very much, Larry. It's been so good of you to come in and explain all of this to you. I know we could probably spend a lot more time going into much more detail, and I do appreciate you sharing your expertise with our listeners and especially the uh, the indie artists that are with us here. And uh, who knows, we may call on you to come back and explain some more to us in the not-too-far-distant future. Well, I, would, I always enjoy coming on with you guys. It's a blast. And, and uh, again, enjoy your afternoon, and thank you for having me on. Always You're a pleasure, absolutely. Larry. Thank you. Absolutely welcome, and thank you so much. Larry Perigas, President and CEO of Nine North Records of Nashville. You can find him online all over the place, and also check out their artists because they have some amazing talent on that label. Thank you very much, Larry, for being on the David Bowers Awards this afternoon. John Bon Jovial, it's time now for us to move on to our next guest, who is a very unique talent that has a very interesting pedigree. Uh, Some of the people he's worked with uh, will be sharing all of that in just a minute. His name is Chris Starr, and this is one of his new releases called Your Show. Thank you. 
And that's our next guest, Mr. Chris Steyer, who uh, will be joining us right now. Chris, are you there? Yes, Chris? I am. How are you, David? Hello. Welcome aboard. We're doing fine. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you so much. This for is our second, our second stop in beautiful Southern California. Boy, is it making me homesick. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you have got one fantastic pedigree. If my notes are correct here... And if I can find them, you have worked with some of the major names in the business, starting with your with your first national release single back in '06. You worked with uh, Tupac Shakur, Snoop Dogg, and Ti. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Tell us it's about that experience. experience. It was a great experience. Uh, I was here in California uh, looking for a record deal, uh, passing out my demos and things of that nature, and. Uh, I had ran across uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, L.P. Hutton, which introduced me to Snoop Dogg. So um, I did a couple of demo tracks for his uh, upcoming CD, The Blue Pepper Treatment, and he asked me to come aboard and be a part of that project. Uh, I was the only unsigned artist that was a part of that project at that time. So it was a very unique experience, and uh, I was honored well, to do something. It. That's something that our uh, our artist listeners are very interested in, how to get those breaks. And you, you've more or less, you made a good point, uh, condensed a little bit, uh, the fact that you've got to be out in the market, you've got to be out hustling your product and basically selling it. Tell us, tell us a little bit about what you did. Uh, you, you summed it all up, said you were out there hustling your product and trying to make connections. Tell us exactly what you did. Well, I would just try to put my voice on anything as far as, like, any background vocals for anyone that needed them. Uh, I just happened to get uh, blessed with the opportunity to come uh, into contact with Snoop Dogg, and I did a bunch of demos for him. Uh, wrote a couple of songs for a girls group that he was working with at, at the time. And, uh, yeah, I guess I was just in the right place at the right time, David, you know. Well, but, that's uh, it. If, you, if you're out there in places, you've got a better chance of getting in the right places. And you, yeah. obviously, uh, you obviously did that right. That's, 
That's what we have ex- expressed to all of the artists who have contacted us and, you know, asked, well, I've got my music, what do I do now? Well, there's two things you can do. One, you play for everybody every chance you can get, and also you've got to be out there the rest of the time making contacts, getting your music and your word out so that, uh, you, that you get people to know you, and the more people you know, the better your chances of making the right connection, and you obviously did a very good job of that. Now, Snoop also produced your first EP, right? That was All Day? Yes, he did. Uh, he decided to uh, step into the R&B genre and uh, to test his skills out, I guess, as far as his production work, and that was one of the first uh, R&B acts that he worked with in that sense. So we sat down and we wrote about six or seven songs together, and uh, we came up with the best five of them, and we, we released that in 2009, I believe. And uh, Amazing. Not good. only... Not only did you get to work with him, but you got to work with him on the, the first, uh, first EP he had ever produced, the first time he had yeah. actually produced music. That's a, yeah. a, a double first. You, you, you realize what you've done, don't you? You just secured your place in music history. <laughs> That's what they <laughs> tell me, so I'm still you know, I don't, on I don't. I can't say that you're going to make the Rock Hall of Fame or the R&B Hall of Fame or anything, but you have definitely uh, secured your place in music history. You're the first artist that Snoop Dogg ever produced. That's fantastic. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Isn't that thank amazing, so John? Yeah, that is. That's. Uh, I was thinking about that while you were saying it, and uh, you know, Chris, that really is quite something. And you know, with with uh, Mr. Dog's uh, magic touch, you know, hopefully that's going to be you know the uh, you know a real turning point in your career, and that's that's something that's you know where you're going to become a household name. Oh well, I certainly hope so. Uh, he has a couple of features on my album as well, so they're going to get a chance to we're hear. We're going to play uh, one of them. Uh, we're going to play one of them here in just a couple of minutes after we talk with you a little more. Tell us about okay. this new release. Wow, this new release, uh, it's a humbling experience. Um, it's about 12 tracks deep. Uh, phenomenal producers are on board. Uh, Snoop Dogg, L.T. Hutton, Chris James. Um, he worked with a lot of uh, records from uh, Luther Randross, the Chris James producer. So... It's a, it's a couple of names in there that uh, so we have some good music uh, to, to give to the world. And tell us the next track we're going to play here in just a minute is uh, WBALS, WBALS, which I understand uh, from having listened to it, is kind of a uh, radio parody. Yes, it is. It's a radio parody. Tell us about that. Snoop wanted, wanted to do it. He had did it on his first album, uh, the WBALS. It's just a parody that he would do as far as uh, playing a DJ any new songs uh, to the public, and he decided to do it with me as well. So we took a shot at it. Uh, he produced the track. Um, John Favre played the keys and, I believe, sax. And uh, it didn't take long at all. Uh, once I heard when he was trying to put it together, um, I fell right into place with it. So. And well, fantastic. Going with that. So. I'm, gonna, I'm going to give you another first right now. Uh, which we have never done before, but I just, you know, we do a lot of improv here, and uh, I just had a uh, an idea where we can carry this one step further. You are going to be the first artist on our show ever to introduce his own song, his or hers, and this is also going to be, uh, to the best of my knowledge, your first ever 
internet DJ experience. Have you ever uh, have you ever DJed around the world before? No, I haven't. <laughs> okay, here is your chance. We have WBALS all queued up and ready to go, and this is Chris Starr. It features Snoop Dogg. Chris, introduce the record, and we'll play it for you. Okay, this is WBALS uh, featuring Chris Starr and Snoop Dogg, and I hope you enjoy it. Let's take a listen. Yes, radio station 187.4 FM on your dial. We're about to get off into this brand new Chris Starr. Produced by my main man, Snoop D-O-double-G. So, uh, lay back and enjoy the groove. The station that plays the most on the coast. That's right, y'all. New Chris Star. Want to shoot a shout-out to all the ladies out there. It is the number one station that plays nothing but non-stop rules. This is my main man, Chris Starr. Yeah. For sure. Let's get back into this song, baby. Yeah. 
it's Chris Starr. Chris Starr featuring Snoop Dogg, and it's called WBALS. You can find Chris Starr online all over the place, especially on uh, Facebook. It's a good place to start for that. We are running a little bit short of time. We've got the big interview with the Bellamy Brothers coming up, so we're going we're gonna to skip all of the peripheral stuff at this point in time and just move on with uh, getting to the Bellamy Brothers, and we talked to Chris off-air. He will be coming back for us uh, in the very near future with his next release, Keep track. Follow us here on Blog Talk Radio and on Facebook. You'll know exactly when Chris is going to be back. We'll have a lot more of his music for you. Right now, we're going to move on to the Bellamy Brothers and Texas Girls. Oh, I love Texas girls with their big Texas smile, with their southern roots. And their western style Wearing their cowgirl boots They'll dance a country mile Oh, I love Texas girls I love them Texas wild From Rio to Madrid I've taken in all the sides From the ladies on Hollywood Boulevard New York's Broadway night But I think it's safe to say Once I got down there I found a land of beauty With big hearts and bigger hair Oh, I love Texas girls with their big Texas smile, with their southern roots, and their western style, wearing their cowgirl boots, they'll dance a country mile. Oh, I love Texas girls, I love them Texas wild. I dream of Georgie Peaches South American Chica No Fraulein in old Germany And Spanish Senorita And Carolina Southern Lady Make my spirit fly And those Colorado Rocky Mountain High But I love Texas girls With their big Texas smiles With their southern roots And their western style Wearing their cowgirl boots They'll dance a country mile Oh, I love Texas girls I love them Texas wild Just has them all 
Come on in, David. How are you? Oh, thank you, man. I'm great. Doing really good. Fantastic. You guys are down in Texas now today, if I remember correctly. Yes, we are. Yeah, we're we were in great Texas. And I was talking, uh, I was talking with your brother Howard, and it seems like only yesterday we were talking about <laughs> uh, we we're talking about Texas and Oklahoma, and the fact that uh, you were in Oklahoma, and I said, you know, that's kind of like Oklahoma's a suburb to Texans, isn't it? And he said, yeah, it is. And up here, he says, uh, they look at Texas as Baja, Oklahoma. That's exactly right. Yeah, Baja. <laughs> Always good to get into the middle of a of a uh, geopolitical squabble right off the top. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> David, you guys have put on a lot of miles. Uh, you've been uh, all over the world. I know you've got a myriad of fans in uh, in Europe, and you've done some. Uh, you've done some. Uh, I lost the word out of my vocabulary there, <laughs> but you've done some albums with some uh, some top European artists. Yes, we have. We've uh, you know over the years we've actually recorded quite a few projects here and there with with Europeans and we actually just finished another another uh, duet project with Brazilian artists as well this week but oh. uh the, I guess the biggest one that we're known for is the the the, the duets we did with a, a fellow named Gola out of Switzerland um about 4 years ago they brought us this project and we actually didn't know his music except for one song that I had heard in Switzerland when we were there he had a big song called Swan and so I said well let's hear it so we listened to it, and I said, well, you know, it sounds pretty good. We went in the studio, tried a few things out, and so we agreed to do it. So most of that album was done swapping things by via Internet back and forth between us and Gola. We actually didn't, didn't meet him until the very end of the project when he came over, and, uh, and we, uh, we did a greatest hit session where he sang our greatest hits, and we sang his greatest hits, and we wow. doubled on some of them. And, and the thing went double platinum in, in, uh, in all over Europe. Fantastic. We were like really freaked out. Then we then we did like a ten city tour, uh, and that was all sold out. A really big tour. So we, you know, it became the nice thing about that whole thing though was was when when we met Gola, it was like discovering a long lost friend. I mean, the guy was so great, 
Uh, and that doesn't always happen. You know, you do duets and you right, think, okay, sure. musical, musically it works. But this guy is so great. He's become a really big friend of ours. And we, we, we've been to his houses in, in Switzerland for barbecues. And so it's, it's a lot of fun. Fantastic. And collaboration was the word I was looking for because everybody's doing collabs now, but you guys have been doing them for a while. Uh, I know Howard and I had also talked about the, uh, about the fact that, uh, there seems to be a difference in the loyalty of the fans. And while I'm, I, I don't want to put down, you know, American fans or anything, but it seems to me in my experience that the European fans hang on to their, their favorites, their stars, their celebrities a, a lot longer than the American fans do. We seem to have a uh, kind of an American Idol mentality here, whoever's the uh, current hit thing. I mean, uh, Justin Bieber was the big thing. Now it looks like Austin Mahone might be coming up as the next big thing. <laughs> Whereas the European fans, uh, they hold on to artists, because I've seen a lot of American artists that have, while they're, they're factor in the United States, they're still a celebrity, but they're not as hot a property. It's not that way in Europe. They seem to uh, they seem to hold their fans up forever, really. They sure do. Yeah, that's that's very very true. And uh, you know, we were very fortunate early on in our career to have Let Your Love Flow with such a big worldwide hit. And um, you know, it kind of and, and then of course after that we went back and you know we cut five uh, we cut five albums in Germany alone for just the European market that were that were actually never released here. And um, uh, so we've, you know, I actually heard, I was in southern, southern Germany one night, we played a show, and I actually heard two guys arguing, we were doing autographs, and I, I heard two guys arguing over where we were from, and they almost got in a fight, because one guy was, was arguing over the fact that we were from Denmark, and the other one was arguing over the fact we were from Germany, and, uh, and they were standing right in front of us doing this, and they go, no, no, he's from... They're they're from Denmark. They they live outside of Copenhagen, you know, and, and they're going on and on. And, and so uh, finally, we were doing autographs for people. Finally, I said, "Hey guys, you know we're from Florida, don't you?" And they go, "No, no, no way." <laughs> well, I'm I'm sorry, Howard couldn't be here with us, but it uh, it gives you a chance to take the stage and not have to worry about uh, you know squeezing your words in between his too. But uh, <laughs> yeah, really. True really appreciate you guys coming on board with us uh sharing your stories and of course your music uh which uh we played the uh, the one track texas girls and we'll have that other uh that other wonderful song that everybody wants to hear coming up here in just a couple of minutes <laughs> but uh you also if i'm uh if i've got my uh notes correctly here you also just had the experience of your first trip over to the other side of the world over to india that's true yeah um we, we we did India and Sri Lanka, and um, you know for years people have been coming to our show from India and Sri Lanka. We would see people in the U.S. and they go, oh, "Man, you gotta got you gotta come over, you gotta come over." You know your songs are so popular over there, and we were like, we we're always like, "Well, we'd love to come, but it's it's very hard to tour there. The promoters are not really together, and the logistics of getting around India is not the not the easiest thing in the world." So finally, it came up. This uh, last year, the end of last year, this promoter got in touch with us, and um, we were, you know, we had a space we could do it in February, and, and so we said, well, let's give it a try. We thought it would be a disaster, um, 
we went and did it, and it was it was really really unbelievable. Our uh, they uh, the fans there. I've never seen anything like it. They're rabid. They're just crazy. Uh, they were singing when we started out. We were, we started out singing uh, with "Lovers Live Longer." We went on stage and started singing "Lovers Live Longer," and they're singing so loud that we couldn't hear the band. <laughs> they, they were drowning out. They were drowning out our own band. It was so it was so loud. Well, when you went over to India, were, were you and Howard expecting to be more of an unknown entity than a known entity? Well, we knew we knew we had some hits there. You know, we knew that. Um, but we didn't know, you know, to what extent it was. And, and, you know, everywhere we would go, you know, we'd be the airport or any, any place, and, and they'd come over and they'd say, hey, are you, are you going to play the first dance song? And we were like, uh, well, I don't know. What is that? <laughs> and uh, they're talking about Beautiful Body because they used that for a first dance for all the weddings. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, That's really so, they, so they kept coming by and saying, hey, can you play the first dance? So finally, in the, by the end of the tour, we're like, hey, here's the first dance. So. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. I never thought of I never thought of Beautiful Body as a as a wedding first dance song. That's uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like it was like a big one in India, man. It was like crazy. And yeah, of course, I mean, Let Your Love Flow, it, it was so big there, you know. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the first dance song, I, for lack of better words, I guess, I always kind of look at it like, okay, honey, it's the second or third date. Uh, you know, would you hold it against me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to spread that word to uh, some of. Uh, some of my DJ contacts who do the, uh, especially the ones that do the uh, the countryside, and uh, maybe we can start a new craze here in the states. You never know. Right. <laughs> right. Now, now, did the did the uh, one question I wanted to ask you did the uh, did the cows get in your way in the tour? Well, you know, Howard and I both love cattle, especially Howard. He used to be a cattle buyer, so we both love cattle. We went down to the beach in Goa. And there were girls in bikinis, and there were and there were Brahma cows on the beach. We didn't know which one to look at. It was really a tough decision because they have the you know the cows are sacred, you know, and they'll just wander down onto the beach and they'll lay down there in the sun a while, and they'll get up and go to the shade. And uh, it's really an, an odd. Uh, I saw one cow laying in the in the parking lot of the airport, and. Um, you know, which you know, you kind of expect to see the rent cars or whatever. There's just a cow laying in the in a, in a slot for a car. Okay, but here's a critical so here's a critical question. What looked better, the cow or the girl in the bikini? Don't put him on the spot. Well, we have listeners in well, India, you know. <laughs> we did, we did, we did actually see some pretty good looking girls. So I, I would have to say maybe the girl, but, but <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> It's an interesting mix, you know. Well, I know I know your uh, your love and respect for cows because I I did have a, I had a friend of mine that I went to college with, who uh, actually lived. Uh, uh, he's gone now, God rest him. But uh, he lived right off your uh, your ranch there. Matter of fact, we could ah. we could see the uh, the main house and everything from his place, uh, if I remember correctly. It's been a it's been a while. It was uh, ninety nine, the winter December of ninety nine, I think, when I was down there. And I remember oh, wow. I remember going by your main gate, and I was greeted by this uh, wonderful looking uh, <laughs> wonderful looking 
stock of hamburgers with uh, <laughs> had a rack of horns. The horns on that thing, I swear, would have he could have blocked the gate with just his horns. It was the most monstrous set of horns I think I've ever seen in my life. Oh, that was uh, that was rowdy. That was our old pet. Ah, <laughs> that was rowdy. Yeah, he was he was uh, he was Watusi and Longhorn mix. Oh, and, uh, and we 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 bought him from a cattle drive, and he was actually a pet. Oh my! Well, he. Uh, I went over to get a picture of him on on the correct side of the fence, of course, and mm. uh, he he gave me a look that said, "You don't really want to come any closer." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, all I could think of is, "Oh, a lot of steak over the fire." <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, that's our old pet Rowdy. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I got somewhere in my uh, in my archives. I have a picture of that. I, I had to get a picture of. Him. He was a he was a beautiful, beautiful creature. Yeah, yeah, he is so he is so cool looking. Now you've got if uh, again from uh, you know I, I pick up these little bits and pieces of things from mysterious sources, and of course I can't divulge my sources. But Howard said that you got a uh, you've got a big album. Co- I didn't say that. <laughs> You've got a big album coming out sometime after the first of the year. Yes, yes. We have a, our 40-year project. Um, uh, it's going to be coming out, I would say, probably more in the spring, somewhere around April. Uh, it's next May Next May 8th will be 40 years exactly since Let, Let Your Love Flow went number one. Fantastic. And so, so we're years. coming in. Wow. We're going to release it right in that time period there somewhere. And um, it's got uh, we've got 17 new songs on it, and we have 17 hits on it. Wow, that's that's going to be one monster album. I'm going to I'm going to lobby for a copy of that one. That's uh, oh, okay. And we definitely got to yeah, count me in on that lobby as well. And you've got to <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> you've got a you've got a new project now. I understand you have a book going along with that. Yes, we do, and we hope to have that coming out by next fall or next, uh, like the fourth, maybe the fourth quarter of next year. We're uh, we're working away on it, but uh, you know, it, it's we're working with a, me and Howard and another writer, so it just and our touring sometimes distracts from the time we can work on the book, so. We're hoping to have it out next, you know, fourth quarter, or if not, maybe the first quarter of uh, of uh, sixteen. Well, between the between judging the popularity of uh, of music artists' books, their bios, and uh, your guys' ability to tell stories and to sit down and chat like we are right now, I know I draw a parallel to. Uh, uh, Tommy James, who had the fantastic book, Me, the Mob, and the Music, uh, which was a, a great picture of, uh, of the rock music world back in the, uh, in the, what, the late 60s, uh, when he, yeah. uh, mid to late 60s, I should say, because he broke mid 60s. Uh, so they, uh, you know, with his, they're already talking, they're working on a, a screenplay. Uh, I think they've got one writer. I can't remember the name, but uh, the writer was involved with Goodfellows and a couple other serious projects. So uh, uh, they've got a uh, that book has taken off, and it's resulted in them thinking of a stage play for Broadway and also a movie. Uh, who knows? You guys could come up with the same thing. I think that would be tremendous. Well, I, you know, coincidentally, you know, Tommy's book is is probably our favorite book in terms of 
uh, uh, songs, uh, books about artists in the music business. I think that's the best one. I, I mean, I enjoy reading books by other artists in, in, in all, from all genres uh, just because, you know, the stories are, some of the rock stories and, and even some of the old country stories are really amazing. But Tommy's, I believe, uh, is one of the best I've ever read, and, and also uh, I can relate to it very heavily because we actually ended up having some of those same characters involved with us later oh, on. Oh, no. <laughs> so... Uh, that's one of the reasons I read it because I, you know, I knew that he had been involved with a few people who were actually uh, sort of involved with us on the West Coast, and uh, so I started reading, and I was like, man, this is like the best thing ever. So I, I, I'm a big fan of that book. Yeah, it's a it's a great book, and uh, the thing I like about it is, it is a great story. It's well told, and it's an easy read. I mean, it's not something that's going to weigh you down. You can read through it. As a matter of fact, when I picked it up. It was one of those things. I didn't put it down until I was finished reading it. <laughs> that, that's the same way I was. I didn't. I, I wanted to get back to it immediately when I put it down because it was such a great book. And Tommy, when he was when he was on the show talking about it, one of the first things he said was that he had had to wait. He wanted to do this for a long time, but he had to wait until a, a few of the people were no longer around before he dared do it. <laughs> well, that's see. That's why I relate to him. We had to wait on several people to die. <laughs> <laughs> So, Nothing like so, yeah, I reality. Relate, I can relate, relate very heavily to that. <laughs> now I got uh, one, la one last question, a personal question that I want to ask you. Now, you know, from my from my years, and, and John, uh, John and I are we're celebrating about forty years. I, we haven't sat down and figured it out exactly, but uh, yeah, actually, it has been just about forty because we met in uh, seventy four. Seventy four at WQYK in Tampa. Yep. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, when we were uh, both there at uh, WQIK, and then we went our separate ways. You went to WSUN, and I went to Q105. Yeah, I went out and did California radio for a while, and uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, we've uh, we're kind of celebrating our, our 40th too without even knowing it. As a matter of fact, it would have been sometime in January because I think I, I think I went over to uh, to QIK in January of that year. But anyway, we're deviating from the subject here. Yeah, I was going to say maybe <laughs> we should release a Greatest Arguments CD. <laughs> there, there you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's amazing we just put up with each other for that long. But my question, my question that I've rambled away from here, is how do you guys now this next song we're going to play? is one of your famous hook songs. You guys have come up with some of the most amazing hooks in popular music from any genre, uh, dating all the way back to Beautiful Body. How do you guys keep coming up with these hooks? Well, I, I think that I think that we live, uh, you know, we live almost closer to our, you know, to, to reality than a lot of artists do. Uh, you know, we, we still live among the people, you know, <laughs> it's sort uh -huh. of, you know, I, a lot of our friends are, are, are really, really normal, like redneck friends and stuff. And, and I, I mean, people just say all of these things, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're all out there, you know, and, and you, uh, I think our friends and our fans, we, we know and listen to, and you, you, you can hear anything if you just listen, you know? So I think these hooks are all out there. You just got to sort of pick them up. And when when you hear them, you know, you're, I, I write them down. I keep a, I keep kind of a log of like the best things I hear and uh -huh. uh, titles and titles and lines and stuff like that. So, uh, 
you know, boobs was just one of those things. You know, I I, I heard several people say, you know, tell your boobs and stop looking at my eyes. And I right. thought, man, that's got to be a, a song title <laughs> you know, somewhere. When John and I, John Bon Jovi and I were talking about this uh, prior to getting you guys for the show, uh, I, I kind of, I had a similar thought, and I kind of likened your concept and your ability to to realize these things that you know sometimes slip past us. We have a little fun with it, and then we forget about it. Whatever, uh, it, it, it's kind of similar to Bill Cosby in the ability to see and appreciate what's going on, what's said, what people think and do, and translate that into a message that you can put into a song. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's the, that's the thing is, is you know, we, we write songs about sort of everything. I mean, our, our songs run the gamut. You know, we, we uh, like, like this new project we're doing on the, on the 40th, you know, we've got songs on there. Howard's got a song called, it's, it's kind of just an old, an old redneck song called We Don't Call 911, you know, that's just a really a foot stomper. Uh-huh. And uh, and then we've got like you know just straight ahead serious love songs. We've got you know we've got real country stuff. We got some real country rock stuff. We we just like to we we like to do those styles and and you know we'll delve into gospel and reggae and uh, it's stuff that fits us really well. But you know these these hook songs are, have just become part of our um, part of our, our set list. And, well, so yeah. We, it's... It's part of your image now. I mean, you, yeah, it's yeah, expected. Exactly. It's like Ray Stevens, you expect these kind of things from the Bellamy Brothers now. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> I, and and I, I'm a I'm a big fan of the, the old uh, the old novelty songs like Ray Stevens or Roger Miller. I'm a big fan of those too. I grew up listening to those. So oh, I, I love the way those those songs. It's, you it's know. something that's missing in popular music today. Uh, you, you know, I'm not saying we should be flooded like we are with reality TV, but it's something that's missing. We don't don't have someone that's uh, putting a little bit of humor back in our lives. <laughs> yeah, there's really not as not a, not as much sense of humor, you know, and uh, there really needs to be. I, I agree. So. Agreed. Although I, I I do have to say I I think my favorite Bellamy Brothers album, and I, I I'm remiss my, having one of those senior moments. I can't remember the title, but it was uh, oh, it was back a few years. Naturally, it was. Uh, so you had uh, Houston. We have a problem on there, and uh, oh yeah, and one of the tracks, as a matter of fact, we used on a recent show. We used on our Mother's Day show, uh, "Mama, You're My Shiro." Oh, that yeah, I think that was, um, I think that was uh, uh, Lonely Planet. That was it, Lonely Planet. I think it yeah. was Lonely Planet. Yeah, was the name You're of that one. Yeah. Right. Uh, Amazing! They remember their own albums. <laughs> Thank you. Well, not always. <laughs> not always. You know. You know. I, I I always tell my famous Conway Twitty story. Out. We had just started touring with Conway, and we were fairly new, you know, on the on the country circuit. And um, I was watching him do an interview with the radio station, and they asked him what the, the name of his new single was, and he couldn't remember. <laughs> and. And I was sitting there, and I was going, how in the world could you not remember the name of your new single? And then all of a sudden, like a couple years later, I figured out, you know, I got the Conway pause, you know what I mean? <laughs> Somebody asked me something, and I went blank after a jet lag or something. So I don't always remember either. So I think we all have moments like that. Uh, Conway moment. Yeah, I, I think it's referred to as a brain fart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly, yeah. David, I want to thank you so much for being here and taking the time to sit and talk with us today. And I uh, want to also extend an invitation. Absolutely, this is this is cast in stone. As you know, the doors to my show are always open to you. If you've got something you want to you want to say or announce or whatever, give me a holler. The doors are always open to you. But I want to get you to uh, come back. Uh, if not before, at least when the new album is ready to be released, and uh, maybe we can get a sneak preview of a couple of tracks off of that. Sure, man. Sure, be glad to be glad to send you a couple in advance if y'all want, and just uh, just let us know, and we'd love to do it. Absolutely, and we'll definitely get you guys scheduled, get you back on the show, and uh, maybe we'll get some of the uh, some of our listeners to call in and chat with you too if we can get you on live, and uh, I look forward to that. Uh, you guys, favorite act of mine, and uh, I can't wait to hear the new album, and especially read the book. I'm looking forward to that, oh. too. All right, man. Thanks a lot, right. guys. Thanks hey, a lot, thank David. You, David, and I'm going to word this very carefully here so I don't get any of us into trouble. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Bellamy Brothers, and this is their... This honky tonk, they're about to drive me insane. Tell you the truth, my darling, you're the only reason I came. But your beauty's so distracting, hope it don't lead to my demise. Can you please tell your boobs to stop looking at my eyes? They're playing crummy rap music And there ain't even a band oh, And I wouldn't even be here But you hold my heart in your hand Yes, you do, baby So before I lose my cool and start acting like the mother dirty guy Would you please tell your boobs To stop Looking at my eyes Yo, there, brother, we're giving you a shout Got the bitches in stitches and we're all hanging out Looking good in the hood, tell you what it's all about Shoot that rapper and let the guitar player play be quoting Voltaire But with that cute rocking bottom of yours I can't do nothing but stare Let's go to your place, baby Stay up and watch the sunrise But first please tell your boobs To stop looking at my eyes I'll be your good old boy toy We'll have the perfect redneck wedding The little bundle of joy 
right now, won't you tell your boobs to stop looking at my eyes? Stick out your pussy, stick out your pussy, stick out your pussy now. Stick out your pussy, stick out your pussy, stick out your pussy now. Stick out your pussy, stick out your pussy, stick out your pussy now. Stick out your pussy, stick out your pussy, stick out your pussy now. The Bellamy Brothers and Boobs. Thank you guys. So great to have you here on the show. Howard and David, the Bellamy Brothers. It's been a great show. We've run a couple of minutes over. The entire show will be on the podcast. You can pick us up at the same link you got to the show here on Blog Talk Radio. And that about does it for today. We'll look forward to seeing you next time around. John Bon Jovial, take us home. Okay, you got it. Thank you, David. Great interview with the Bellamy's, as always. It was just, you know, great music. And just want to let you know the David Bowers Awards is produced by the David Bowers for Stick It In Your Ear Productions from the studios of Computer Help USA in beautiful Naples, Florida. And we encourage you to follow us by uh, going to Blog Talk Radio and click the follow button link there. And also on our blog, to- our uh, Facebook page, you can uh, like us on uh, the David Bowers on Facebook. Facebook, and be sure to follow us on uh, Twitter. All right. Be sure to join us for the David Bowers Awards uh, Sunday, August the 10th at 2 p.m. That's 11 a.m. Pacific, and we're going to have our uh, guests, Nikki Chris from the uh, David Bowers Hall of Fame, and uh, the one and only Mr. Peppermint Twist himself, Joey D. That's right. Joey D is going to be with us, and a lot more indie music. Uh, we also are going to be featuring Drew Connor and Nick Rogers from the Connor School of Music, and they're going to be conducting a mini rock star 101 on what it takes to learn how to play an instrument, not only play it well, but play it proficiently and play it professionally. So be sure to join us for the David Bowers Awards next August the 10th. That's a Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Until then, this is John Bon Jovial wishing you all peace and love and take care of each other. We'll see you the next time.